When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast, answering your questions from the General's Quarters every week, right here on VolQuest. Hey, good Thursday morning, everybody. Welcome to the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast. It's presented, as always, by our friends over at Exterior Home Solutions. A free estimate, 865-524-5888 or online at ExteriorHomeSolutions.com. Got a whole lot of questions to answer today. I, I give you one guess what the majority of these questions are going to be about. <laughs> Austin Price, Rob Lewis, Brent Hobbs. I am Eric Kane. Uh, before we kind of dive into these questions, Austin, real quick, it, it's been an eventful you know, week to begin the week here for Tennessee as it looks like another NCAA investigation is is coming along and at least Tennessee has some practice with it, right? Yeah, and Tennessee's known about you know this coming for a while, even dating back before the, the Citrus Bowl back in the, the month of December. I mean, the, the NCAA was on the campus interviewing student-athletes hubs, you know, back, you know, uh, in the late summer, early fall. And so, I mean, like they knew that this was always a possibility and then they kind of found out, you know, Hey, you know, the, the stuff, you know, could be coming. And then the NCAA leaked it. Let's call it what it is. I think that the, the NCAA knew Tennessee was going to push back, which they have. Um, and they leaked out, you know, to kind of get out ahead of Tennessee before they could push back at all um, to kind of, I think, you know, add into the, uh, you know, kind of the public schmear campaign, so to speak. Um, and to hurt Tennessee from an optic standpoint, but I really don't think it's you know hurt Tennessee that much because I think recruits they they see Tennessee as the school right now that you know is uh, behind kids getting theirs, and uh, you know uh, you see a lot of fans and, and and media out there that are standing with Tennessee not only uh, you know just for the fear sure fact that you know it, it, the, for the optics the opposite way. Well, I mean, I know we got to get to a bunch of questions, so I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bully pulpit here and, and get on a, a long winded deal about this. But th the reality is, for everybody involved, anchor in. I mean, settle yeah. in. This one's not going away anytime soon. Uh, there's not going to be a quick resolution on this deal. We'll, we'll see what happens in terms of a le letter of allegations. Tennessee's drawn their line in the sand. It's very clear they're not interested in moving that line. Um, you know, where does the NCAA go from here? You know, time will tell what what their response is going to be and how this is going to be um, perceived by them and and where where it's going to go. Um, there's a lot of moving parts to this deal, um, and, and it's not it's not heading towards a short, quick resolution, which is something that Tennessee's coaches and a lot of people need to be prepared for because these are questions that are going to be out there and going to be lingering out there for a while, Eric. So a lot of questions about the impending NCAA investigation as we move on throughout this VolQuest Mailbag podcast. But first, Rob Lewis, let's start with some basketball. Lakers 0411 says, do you think other players are becoming too dependent on Dalton Connect to generate yes. offense for this team <laughs> against South Carolina for the most of the second half? It looked like uh, a lot of standing around waiting for Dalton to do Dalton things. I mean, I, I, saw, I don't know what Josiah needs to average, but yeah, I mean, everybody in the team, it was... I mean, it's, it's, I mean, last night was as bad as it has been 
But, I mean, there's, there's been a little bit of that. But the last night in the second half, it was just atrocious. I mean, Santiago hit a, hit a three with 17 minutes and 47 seconds left. Josiah hit a, hit, hit a shot in the lane with nine minutes and 58 seconds left. Those are the only two shots anybody from Tennessee hit in the last 18 minutes that didn't have the connect on the back of their jersey. Yes. Tennessee, emphatically, yes. <laughs> Tennessee well, needs some guys to step up. Well, and here's 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 where I am on it, Rob, and, and maybe I'm wrong here. Look, I'm looking at it as a bit of a too simplistic approach, but but I'm going back to something you wrote in the three two one maybe two weeks ago, and, and that is how the face of this this team is different than what everybody thought it would be. And, and a lot of people are talking about you know how, how many points does Josiah Jordan James need to average? You know they they've got to get they've got to get him going back on track. Here's the reality for me, Rob. Jonas Adu and Sakai Ziegler can't go two of 14 from the floor. I mean, look, they, they don't have to have 10 points a night, eight points a night from Josiah Jordan James, but they can't go two for 14 with the other two key cog pieces to this basketball team that go with Dalton Connect. And over the course of the last six weeks, it's been Connect, Jonas Adu, Zakai Ziegler. And if they're going to make a deep run in March, to me, it's those three that have to carry the load for Tennessee offensively. And, and you just can't have Zakai throw up an offer and, and Jonas go two for eight and miss four layups, right? Oh no, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're twenty plus, you know, games, and there, there are ten games left after this weekend in, in conference play. Yeah, I mean, we're Josiah is not. I mean, stop looking at that for offense. I mean, if he gives you something, great, great, right, fantastic. But like, like you're saying, the the the, the three headed monster is. It's been established. It's, it's Dalton. It's Zakai. It's Jonas. And I, I don't worry at all about Zakai jumping back. He had a bad game against South Carolina. Bad. So knowing that kid, I would I, I would buy stock as a guy Ziegler in Rupp Arena Saturday night. You know, it, maybe he'll play bad, but it's not going to be something that lingers for a month or two months, like like we see with some other guys on the team. Jonas, I'm I'm not as sure about. It. I'm not I'm not being critical. I'm just saying Zakai's got a body of work. I mean, you know. Yeah what's going to happen there. Jonas has been a, a big, big part of this team for, I mean, a big, big part of the offense, let me say, for, you know, six, eight weeks. That one, I mean, I think the jury's still, he, he had a bad game against South Carolina. He'd played at an all SEC level for three or four weeks before that. Does he bounce back? I'd I, I, I 100% knows the guy's going to bounce back. But to your point, Hubbard, Jonas, you know, we got to see it. Here's the other. I know we've got a bunch of NCAA stuff. I don't know how many more basketball questions. To be honest with you, I've not looked at. I've not looked at the post to see what kind of mailbag questions we're dealing with today. Um, but one quick thing, Rob. I was a little surprised that Rick Barnes was almost a little defensive about his his defense last night, talking about or Monday night, Tuesday, whatever night it was, talking about. You know, well, we held him under the goal. The goal is sixty nine points. Um, 65 I, I, or 65 points. Excuse me. I, I just didn't think defensively. I mean, look, you're going to get into a turn and I'm putting this on the board on, on Wednesday morning. I mean, you're going to get into a game in a tournament where points are going to be hard. You, you look at it. Nobody's run through six games and averaged 85 points a game. And, and that, I mean, you're going to get into one of those ugly, nasty eyeball piercing basketball games where nobody can score your defense has to hold up. Tennessee gave up points on seven of Mississippi or South Carolina's last nine possessions in the final five minutes of that game. 
that you got to fix that going into tournament play, right? I mean, that that to me, there's two lessons that has to be learned from this game. One, Ziegler and Nadu can't no show, and two, defensively, you're going to have to have a night where it travels and carries for you in tournament play. Fair or not fair? I, I mean, Hubbard, I, I just don't worry about this team's defense. I, I just don't. I mean, they, I mean, South Carolina shot 34 percent last night. I, I get what you're saying. It's a, it's a, it's a great point. At the end of the game, you know, when Dalton scores 13 points in the final three minutes, Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee gave up points at at the end. But man, they're, I just. On a night when they score fifty nine and lose at home, defense and I'm, I'm just not putting my finger on that in the court. I'm just not. I mean, they're, they're so bad offensively, so bad. I mean, they scored eighty five, ninety one, and ninety points at home in three SEC games. I mean, I agree. The storyline is offensively. But also look at in the last five minutes, South Carolina got three wide open looks at three point shots because they gave up straight line drives down the middle of the paint. You know, and, and and if you get into a game where it's a possession by possession deal down the last five minutes, I mean, you, you know, you, you got a guy goes bananas, Austin, and connect scoring 13 points and five minutes of play or three minutes, whatever the number ends up being. But you gave up, you gave up points on, you only got two stops in the last five minutes of the game. It's hard to come back and win when that happens, is my point. When I think big picture – of where everybody wants this team to be in March. Well, that and, and you know, at the end of the day, South Carolina made their free throws and Tennessee didn't. I mean, you know, Tennessee put them on the line. Tennessee connect, put Tennessee in a position where if South Carolina could miss, would miss free throws, they'd have a shot. And that, that kid stepped up there and knocked four straight and was trash talking, doing every bit of it. And, you know, I just think when you look at this team last night, I don't think you can just wash it. I think it, it's got to stay with you to remember how crappy you played. But at the end of the day, like, could Tennessee have played any worse? All the foul shots they missed, all the layups and bunnies they missed, and they yet they still were in that game. Like you know, to Rob's point, the defense kind of kept them in it. The crowd implored. Rob, you were there. Like the last seven minutes, the crowd kept trying to give Tennessee some juice. They kept trying. And they kept trying, and every time, to Hubs's point, they they would overextend and then give up a straight line drive and that kid from the corner looked like but this and no one will know this unless you're from rogersville it looked like ryan lawson kicking it to sandy jackson in the corner for cherokee shooting threes back in the in the late 90s like that that's what that looked like and so like again like i think you're both right to, to, to you know i think you, you the defense i don't worry about it much but they're late it did they, they they didn't give themselves a chance when the crowd tried to get loud and get you know, give them a reason to make something happen. All right, let's move on to BDB88. It was made mention, sorry, move my microphone. It was made mention in one of the war rooms that Chop was on the road recruiting in place of Willie Martinez. Is there an explanation on why this has happened? Um, Willie Martinez, Brent got hit there in bowl practice, um, had, had to have surgery, so he's not been able to fly here of late. And because of that, Chop has uh, been out on the road recruiting. Yeah, he got hurt. He actually got hurt in a in home visit um, and ended up having to to have a procedure and has not been on the road essentially since the first week of, of December, AP, right? He's out now, though. He he's is back out. out he, he's back, back out yeah. this week. Chops back off the road. Willie is uh, is out this week. And, and what happened was he got hurt. He fell on some stairs during an in-home visit with Lou Carter and messed his knee up, had to have surgery, and then got hit. I thought it was at the bowl game. It actually was back in Knoxville right before they left. Bowl and, practice. Yeah, yeah, correct. Um, 
and he waited until after the bowl game to have the second. So he had to have his second surgery, but he is back out this week on the road. I'm not sure he's 100%. So did he fly to Orlando, AP? Do we even know that? What's that? Did he fly with the team to Orlando? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was was more – it wasn't about he was not allowed to fly. It was just more about – Getting, I mean, making seven stops in yeah. you know in one day yeah, on a recruiting yeah. trail is different than flying to Orlando and getting settled in for the week. So yeah, it wasn't you was, getting off a commercial airliner ain't exactly a whole lot of fun. Yeah. No. All right, let's move on to Athron. He's got a couple here. How does the NCAA think they can do anything to enforce what happened before they had rules in place? Uh, it's a million dollar question, right, AP? Yeah, I mean, listen, the NCAA is trying to put the toothpaste back in the tube. You're not doing it. Like, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, like, um, you know, but they're, but they're trying to justify the infractions committee, however, they're trying to justify their existence. They're trying to justify the paycheck. And so how do you do that? Well, you got to come up with something. And so Tennessee's the easy target because, you know, people talked about that Nico deal, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it, 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 you know, it's not surprising. They're going to go after more than just Tennessee. Uh, Wouldn't surprise me at all come out later this week and there was more news on another team um but at the end of the day i think all you're going to see is is what you've seen from tennessee is pushback i think no matter who they go against schools are going to push back there's going to be people joining the lawsuit that the attorney general of tennessee and virginia filed on tuesday uh or wednesday and you know i i just think you're going to continue to see the same playbook from schools universities and states going forward well, and Rob, when when the NCAA came out and said um, back months ago that they, they could basically retroactively punish somebody, they could punish somebody for the rules they violated with the new rules that they put in place, which everybody's immediate reaction is, wait a minute, how are you going to punish somebody for violating a rule when the, the rule wasn't there? The NCAA says, well, we can do that. And and from that point on is when the narrative got crept out there that at some point in time, somebody was going to sue the NCAA. And I think we're obviously at that day. Yeah. I, I just, I think the NCAA just so severely misread the room here that yes. I just, I mean, I, it's, I mean, it's calm. I, it almost makes me wonder if they almost didn't, I, I don't know. I'm giving too much credit. I just, I just can't, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think they, took into account how, how much, you know, noise was going to be out there, uh, you know, that wanted to make this a heel where so many people died on who were ready to get rid of the NCAA. I mean, I, I think this is kind of a rallying cry for not people that don't, they don't care about Tennessee one way or another, but they hate the NCAA, you know, looking over the shoulder and, you know, just trying to dictate something that has so clearly grown beyond, you know, what, what they're capable of governing. And, it, it- it blows me away, Rob, that that they're going to go and, as you said, die on this hill. From a standpoint of, they've known that, you know, Nico was a client of Spire, which is an agency. Everybody loves to say Spire is the collective. The Vol Club is the collective. It's two different entities. That he was a, a, a client of Spire in February. He never came in, you know, until March. You know, for uh, you know anything that was Spire related. And every time he came to town. You know, he met with River Media and filmed a documentary. He met with local, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, clothing people about designing, you know, pajamas. I mean, like you know, there was, they they have all the receipts on all that stuff. And I can't believe they're going down this hill. 
speaking of that plane, as I said on the message board on Tuesday, you know, they that that was paid for. That there's a receipt. The NCAA has that receipt. Like that, that's why it's just so odd. It's just like, again, hey, we got to justify our, our our existence. We have to justify our paycheck. We'll just do it. That's best. You know, let's take our shot here. You know, I mean, like we'll shoot this half court shot. See if it goes in. Let's move on now to a couple more from Athron. I want to know about the final recruiting rankings. Are you surprised by any of those rankings? Think there are still any of these prospects that are underranked, AP or or Brent? You know, Hubbard, like, I don't really get into the whole rankings thing that much anymore. And here's why. Because, like, you know, some schools don't sign as many high school kids because they're going to take more portal kids. And so, you know, you, 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 you may sign 17 high school kids they're really pretty good class, but you know, because you didn't sign that many, you're only ranked 14th. And then you take 12 transfers that really means from a player perspective. Yeah. I mean, I get that, but I mean, like I don't, but I go back to even that. Like I just, I mean, I guess for me, like you're going to have some that are ranked high, Jordan Ross, Mike Matthews, you're going to have some that drop like a Jake Marklinger. That's natural across the board. And so like, I don't really get really into the weeds of like, Oh, that guy dropped that guy. As I said on the podcast a couple of days ago, most fans care about whether they're a three-star, four-star, or five-star. Any of the kids that drop, they still have their four-star. Um, you know, so I, I guess for my liking, I just I, I think you know it all kind of evens itself out. Do you do you agree, Hubs? Well, I mean, I think at this I mean at this point, it's your class. It's who you have. It is what it is. I mean, <laughs> you know, and 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 that's the that's the bottom line. Is, is this is who you decided to to go get and. You know, I think you can always look at who did they beat out for them and, and who right. you know, did the other schools want them. And then there's some other cases where you stole a kid from another state that you got on early before somebody else. I mean, there's there's Eric, there's a story behind every kid's commitment, every kid's recruitment, every kid's signing. And, and, and that story is beyond just the stars, it's beyond just a number ranking, um, you know, but but I get it. I mean, it's you know, everybody's looking for a quantitative measure. Right. And And that's just. That's the way it is. And um, there's always going to be moving and shaking in the rankings. And that's as you continue to evaluate people. And I think Charles Power does a great job. I think other I think other services do a good job. I think that's why you see the composite in the industry ranking deal being such a valuable tool out there, because it gives you an idea of where everybody thinks of someone. Uh, and that kind of takes the highs and the lows out of it a little bit, if you will. Um, but I mean, it, you know, I get it. If I'm a fan, that's I'm looking for a qualifier, right? And, and the ranking is the qualifier on how good a kid, you know, is or isn't, or is perceived to be, or is perceived to not. Now, once they get here, there's a million factors that go into their development, a million. Yeah. I mean, you know, and there's things that, you no, know, unfortunately you can't put into a formula to come up with a ranking, right? I mean, Zakai Ziegler is a great example in basketball. I mean, the, the guy's grit is very hard to, I mean, it was hard to evaluate that, Right. And as a result, the guy's a much better player than a ranking would be because he doesn't have all the measurables. But his grit overcomes some of the lack of measurables as he has. I think you see that in all sports. And, and, and that's a factor that's hard to qualify in rank, in the ranking system. And, and, and that's right. And then I'd also, you know, indicate next year when, when we're going through the 25s, like if Tennessee takes a kid and you're like, no, nah, the kid's not ranked that high. Look at James Pierce. James Pierce was a three-star most of the way. And then his senior Tate went boom, Charles Power, five-star, and he what? He's played like a five-star, right? Look at Peyton Lewis. There were other guys that the fans wanted 
more than Peyton Lewis, but now Peyton Lewis ends up as the fourth ranked running back in the entire class of 2024. Again, like you got to let the whole cycle play out because what a kid is as a junior and what a kid is as after a senior year are two different things. And I think Hubs brings up the greatest point that he just noted. So, um, you know, again, I just, you know, don't ride the wave. And I know that's hard because you're fans, but I mean, like, be happy with who you got and look at it at the end because you may go, wow, we actually got a really nice player there that you wouldn't have said that Look at the running backs in, in particular. On three, put out a graphic yesterday. The top ten running backs in the class, and look where Peyton Lewis is. He's in front of a lot of those names that Tennessee was in on, and Tennessee kind of evaluated the running back That's position, right. but elected Peyton Lewis over them, or whatever the case may be. And it looks like Peyton Lewis is one of those good evals and uh, good yeah. good gets, and he's going to be a pretty decent player. So we'll see. And, and listen, and listen, understand this: it's not perfect. It's not perfect on. No, you're gonna miss. It's not perfective on the school side. It's not perfect. It's not perfect on the ranking side. It never will be, and nope. that's just part of it. Go ahead, Eric. Sorry. Last question here from Athron uh, Brent Hubs. How are the rehabs going for the team? I think good. I mean, I think guys are, ba- are are fine. I mean, they'll be cautious with people in spring as they should be. Um, you know, you got some guys who have a bunch of experience. There's no point in rushing them back. Some guys who need to work. You know, you're going to try to get them as much as you can, but they'll be smart about it throughout spring practice, Austin. Speaking of Peyton Lewis, Peyton Lewis will not be here for spring. He's had to have a couple of different surgeries. He had a hernia, and he, so he will not be there for spring, which makes his senior year and that 10-5 track time even that much more impressive because he, he did it all with, uh, you know, being banged up a good amount. It's also kind of interesting, AP. I mean, you know, depending on how he was going to get here and look in spring, I mean, you got to come in here and put in the work and show that you can do it, but – I mean, Peyton Lewis is a guy that, you know, many thought might be that third option in the backfield. If he's not here for spring, maybe that changes a little bit. Maybe Khalifa Keith gets more of a look or, you know, whoever. Um, it puts pressure on Khalifa Keith to have a good spring. It puts pressure on Deshaun Bishop yeah. to have a good spring. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you. I, 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 you know, is it an end-all, be-all? No. Yeah. But I do think that it definitely, you know, will put pressure on Peyton once he gets back, and it'll put pressure on the other two this spring to kind of see if they can kind of put themselves in a position to be number three. Let's get a quick word from our friends that make this coverage possible. That is exterior home solutions. You know, life happens and damage to your home can be extremely stressful. That's why it's important to find someone who offers efficient quality work with financing options. Exterior home solutions, they value not only family, but community. And they're who I call when life happens. and You should too. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. 524 or online, exteriorhomesolutions.com. Big thank you to our friends over at Exterior Home Solutions. Back to the mailbag questions. We will go to Go Vols 182 timetable for the next 2025 commitment. Well, I don't think there's anybody that's set in stone or anybody that's super, super close. Uh, but I would say sometime, you know, I, 
probably March. I mean, is it possible that they get somebody here on a junior day this weekend and just they kind of get the warm and fuzzies and, and you see something happen in the next few weeks? I mean, I guess it's possible. But I would lean towards March being the next window of time that they get a commit. Follow-up question, AP. If a kid comes to junior day, commits while there, do you think the head coach will know about that commitment? I would yes. say Josh Heupel will, yes. Whereas some other coaches might not have been aware of what was happening. Um, let's go ETSU Buck, who is equally loves the Tennessee Volunteers. <laughs> AP's laughing now. He knows what I'm getting at. Um, what's the latest in basketball and baseball recruiting? Well, Rob, real quick, I'll, I'll, I'll do baseball. Um, you know, the, the, the big time for recruiting for, for baseball is in the fall. You know, they've got, according to Perfect Game for the class of 2025, Tennessee's ranked the fourth class. Overall, 20 high school commits, uh, a lot of really nice players such as you know, Cam Brumbaugh and, and some others. So you'll start – I mean, recruiting for baseball slowed down a little bit because it's more in the fall, but uh, Tennessee looks like it's going to have one of the better classes in the country for the class of 2025, and Tennessee finished top five for the class of 2024 who's on here on campus right now as well. Basketball-wise, not – I mean, if you're asking about 2024, I mean, there's not, there's not a lot going on there. I mean – There'll be a there'll be a ton of stuff going on in the transfer portal uh, with this team, but I mean, they, but they've been active in 2025. They had an official visitor last week, Shauna Bave. Uh, he's a top 100 wing from from down in Clearwater, Florida, who really likes Tennessee. They had a, a, a significant unofficial visitor on uh, Tuesday night for the South Carolina game. Darius Adams, he's a point guard, top 30 uh, national prospect, plays uh, prep school in Indiana, so. I mean, lots lots of activity in the junior class, zero activity in, in the 24 class. And look for a flurry of activity in the portal. Rob, I, I got a quick question for you. Who's the next Dalton, commit, uh, Dalton Connect in the portal? There we go, Howard. You're only going to get that question about a million times between now and mid-June. So so, so who's the next Dalton Connect in the I, <laughs> I, got, I got no clue because, I mean, I can, I, 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 can promise, I can promise you nobody knew who Dalton Connect was this time – you know, I know. Last year, I know. But, but nobody in this podcast. Yeah, when you have when you have one that hits like that, that's that's going to be the marker for everybody in, in the in, you know but here's the, guys moving forward. Has anybody ever hit like that? I mean, a small school kid moving up. I don't think anybody's ever hit like Dalton. I, mean, I don't think, no, I don't I mean, think it's not, close. I mean, I don't, no, I don't I mean, think it's close. No, I mean nobody nobody has pulled a smaller school guy out of the portal and that guy being the running for national player of the year. Now, I don't think Dalton's going to win the National Player of the Year honors, but he's going to be on everybody's discussion point, ballot, whatever you want to call be it. Top five. I mean, if there's yeah. a Heisman Trophy ceremony, he'd be there. Yes. And, and and I don't know of anybody who's done that in the portal with, a, with an unknown kid from a small school. Now, we've seen maybe a guy go from a power five to a power five. Sure. Like Hunter right. But to go from what you're talking about to where he's at now, nobody's done that, in my opinion. Sidebar, how about the quietest 31 points the other night? Because <laughs> he went on that run there at the very end uh, after the final media points timeout. points the last 256. Hey, yeah. when, when he made the last three, which cut it to, to two, and then, of course, they went back and made the two free throws to take it back to four, that looked the, – the way he leaned in, if you remember the Tracy McGrady – Rockets game where he scored 13 points in the last like 57 seconds or whatever to win yeah. that game. You can go watch that, Hubs. I, I know you're not. Trust me, it's worth a watch on YouTube to watch him. And he he makes one leaning like he did, 
And I was like, holy crap, if he if, if, if they miss free throw and he makes another one, like this place is going to come unglued. Hey, Hubbard, Hubbard, after he hit that shot, I looked down at my phone, and Addison Price had sent me the Al Pacino gif from Godfather 3. Because <laughs> every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. My kids had never watched Tennessee lose in person in eSport, baseball, basketball, football. And I'm talking about Addison was at Alabama in 22. She was at A&M in South Carolina this year. Baseball, I mean, you, you can lose a game like, you know, in baseball any given time, right? Like, oh. they've never watched Tennessee lose ever. So, about five minutes ago, she said, Daddy, I told you I didn't want to come to this game. I just knew it was going to happen. Like, and then, like, she's taking such pride in her streak, right? Like, I mean, like, I joked with her. I was going to take her to the Alabama game this year. And she's like, no, I don't want it to end. Like, you know, and, and she's 10, right? But, like, watching her little fandom grow has been so fun as a dad. And she – Last night, five minutes ago, she's like, Dad, I want to leave. If I'm not here at the end, my streak can continue. No, you were here. It counts. <laughs> Literally, he makes the three with 39 seconds to go to make it a three-point game. And she looks at me and she goes, it's not over. <laughs> After we were ready to bail for five minutes to get. Well, I'll, 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 say, I'll say this, Eric. Dalton Connects 31 was a lot louder than the other 18 that the rest of his teammates chipped in over a 40-minute period. <laughs> the best yeah. part was – the best part was Jeff Jarnigan last night doing the, the, the scores. He's like, such and such, two, such and such, two, such and such, two. And I'm like, good grief, this is brutal. <laughs> I mean, like I, I like I knew that he scored, I think it was the last 13, Rob, was the last 13 for Tennessee. He Dalton scored Connect. 13 in the finals, 256. Yeah, yeah. So I knew that happened, but like it wasn't until after the game when I saw the box where I'm like, oh, crap, he had 31. Like, I guess that's what happens when – you had about 17 or 18. All right, let's move on. We got a couple minutes left. Uh, Nashville 615, does the NCAA situation affect George McIntyre and is the rest of the 2025 class still good? In my opinion, it does not affect George McIntyre. The McIntyres are smart people. They understand everything that's going on. Um, now, I can't say that for other recruits. Like, uh, will it affect somebody? It probably will. Um, will it affect everybody? I'm going to lean no. I think most kids just – they just don't care. Now, now, th does it affect with a with a um, with a parent or two? Maybe, and that's where Tennessee's going to have to be really good at selling ice to Eskimos, right? They're going to have to be they're going to be good at selling. Well, they got to practice. Yeah, they got to they've got to be good at selling. You know, the the current state of everything and making people understand and and you know basically uh, combating the negative recruiting because you can bet that every school is going to use this against Tennessee until it gets handled. Which well, I was I mean, earlier. You touched on early appeal. It's going to appeal to a lot of people, a lot of parents that, that you know, keep up with stuff and, you know, are, are hip and, you know, know, know the, the landscape of college athletics. I think Dondi's stance is going to, you know, I, that, I, I want my, that, that's a place I would like my kid to go. They, they got his back. Yeah. Now, the, here's the thing they have to combat is they have to combat perception becoming reality on them, because the one thing that people are going to talk about that's going to surface out there is people going to talk about repeat offender status. You know, and does that mean lack of institutional control, which lack of institutional control is going to mean postseason bans if that comes in. So kids are going to hear, well, you can go there and they defend you, you know, and that's fine. They back you, but you're not going to play. You don't have a chance to play for a championship. You know, and, and that's where Tennessee has to be good and transparent with their answers, because those are the things that people are going to try to create the perception about and negatively recruiting against Tennessee. That's what Tennessee's coaching staffs have to be prepared for. And, yep. and Brent, in Dondi's letter, 
I mean, she pretty much hints at the lack of institutional right. control, right? right? And I mean, which that's is something you can point directly at, right? Which is why they have to have an answer to that, because if you don't, then that's going to be the festering notion that every school is going to use against a kid. And the one yeah. thing to get a kid's attention is, okay, well, you can go there, but you know, you're not going to be able to play for anything. You know, you're not going to have a chance to play in the playoff and do all those type of things. That's the answer Tennessee has to be ready with when that question comes up in the recruiting trail. On this note, GBO Farm says, if we get a lack of institutional control charge and Heupel gets a show cause, would the university essentially be forced to fire him? I'm not Josh, Heupel, Josh Heupel's name's not involved in any of this. I mean, yeah. Don DePlyman made that clear in her letter. Nobody, nobody, nobody at the employed by the University of Tennessee has even been questioned by anybody at this point. So to answer his question, no. I mean, unless unless some evidence comes to light that they haven't found over the last year and looking into this, the answer to that is no, because they've not, they've not over the last year of work or 10 months of work, whatever it's been, they haven't questioned any of those people. And on that note, some people are like, well, why, why wasn't this out there if they've been sniffing around? Listen, they, they've looked around, they look around all the time at things and nothing comes of it. So, you know, there's no point in sounding off alarms of all kinds of crazy stuff if nothing ever comes of those things. And and that's why it was quiet, because you didn't know until just recently that something was legitimately going to potentially come of it. And it's going to become the story that it's obviously become now. Hubs, can we have a tracker and, and pin it on the GQ every time a, a coach turns in a, a, a you know, a, <laughs> an incident of lay violation to compliance and just kind well, of that tracker I mean, up there so we can well, all I mean, be in the know? Can again, we also... They look into stuff all the time, Austin. Tennis and, and your internal compliance people look into stuff all the time. Yeah. That's just a given. Can, can we also get a tracker on every time a kid uh, tells the coach he may go in the portal if he don't get right. another three thousand dollars in nil money? You know, right. I mean, like, it's, it's what I'm saying. Like Hubs is right. Like, why the eight stories we had written just to be ready never saw light of day back in the yeah. month of December? Yeah, and then we had you to know? turn a couple other ones out really, really quick. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Sam Smith, twenty-two thirty-three. We'll go to a second question first. Is Maui Ahuna situation part of the NCAA investigation uh, at this time, Brent? I don't think so. I mean, that was Tony Vitello served a suspension. Maui Ahuna served. Uh, he missed the first seven, eight games of the season last year. Um, uh, you know, and, and speaking with some people, you know, first of this week, I, I don't think that's the case unless you've heard something differently. Well, I don't know. I mean, we never we never saw from the NCAA if there was ever a resolution that took place because Tennessee, ha Tennessee handled that. Tennessee made the decision to hold people from competition and, you know, do the punishment for Tony Vitello. That was an internal thing that Tennessee did. Did Was that enough to satisfy the NCAA in that? I don't have an answer to that because I don't have documentation to clearly say that that case has been completely shut or is that something that they've looked at over the course of the last year? So I, I don't, I don't have a clear answer to that one. So I'm skeptical to say either way on that deal. At least for, from Tony's perspective, that was internal. Maui was, I mean, he, you know, into the Blake finally cleared him to go. Right. Uh, well, after but, seven or eight but, games. But remember, the NCAA has also said they're not going to punish kids over NIL. They're going to punish yeah. the other people over NIL. So I don't know if that side of it with Tony and baseball has been completely closed out. It, yeah. At this time, I haven't heard anything. But, but again, there's, you know, things can change on, on, on a dime. Um, Basketball question, Rob. Scout on Kentucky. Who do you believe uh, they put on Connect since they couldn't stop Kane and Hubs from getting to the rim? I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, Kentucky's bad on defense. I mean, I, there's, I, I'll worry about Tennessee stopping them more than I, in Rupp on the road, way more than I worry about who's going to be on Connect. I mean, Kentucky gives up 
a, a ton of points. I mean, some of that's pace of play. I mean, they're, they're the highest scoring team in the SEC. Um, for the best offensive team, Cal's had in a in a long time. At least best shooting team. I mean, they've had some, all they're always had some athletes who can get up and down the court. But this year, they they shoot it well. You know, they're, they're scoring you know eighty four points a game in, in conference play. But that's not numbers padded by you know playing a bunch of weak sisters of the poor. So it, to me, this one Tennessee's gonna have to score and and rub. It's, it's I like Tennessee's chances to score some points against Kentucky. Uh, to me, it's about can, can Tennessee keep keep Kentucky from you know really getting off. Antonio Reeves, good player. Trey Mitchell, the big guy, have, having a great year. So I mean, I think Dalton's going to get his. I mean, I, Kentucky's not not great defensively. Uh, that that one doesn't bother me. I thought like we were talking about early in the podcast who who can score in double digits. That's not doesn't have connect on the back of his jersey. We'll get two more questions here before we end the show. Let's go to Newman one more chatter uh, lately about Gaston and less about Petty is Petty trending away. Austin prize or simply enjoying the process. Uh, Remembering back to a podcast when I believe it was said that he grew up a ball fan. He did. Um, But you know, again, what you, you know, cheered for at six and seven and, and how you approach it as a 17 year old kid are two different things. Um, and then two, uh, yeah, I, I just feel like Juan Gaston at this point is feeling Tennessee a little bit more than Josh Petty. And that's not to say that Tennessee's not hard in on Petty because they are. I'm just telling you, I think Juan Gaston is, is feeling Tennessee and Tennessee certainly likes Juan Gaston. So, um, again, Tennessee would love to have any of those tackles, Petty, Gaston, David Sanders. They're swinging big for all three. Can, can I just make one quick interjection, Hover? How great. I mean, and, and that's a, that's a pertinent question, but Hover, can you imagine? 15 years ago, talking about a junior trending away from Tennessee on uh, we're recording this podcast on January 31st. I mean, we'd be getting ready for Tennessee and Florida State to host, you know, 50 official visitors this last weekend. And it, it, instead, you're talking about, you know, slipping for a kid that's a junior. To right your now. point, to your point, you know, I had somebody text me uh, on, on uh, Tuesday night and said, can you imagine if they didn't have the early signing period and this was the old, the old signing period? with what happened yesterday. Can you imagine the fallout from that? <laughs> Good Lord. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. You know, and um, I mean, you know, there there is no, there really is no late signing period. They almost just need to dissolve it. Because how many kids are going to sign? I mean, I mean, I mean how many In kids three are going to sign? Uh, here with Josh Hopple, I think Tennessee signed one AP. That was Jenkins. Uh, J.J. Crawford, the very first go around. I don't even think was he then or did he sign? Was he? I think like, he was. A, I think he was a late guy. I mean, I'm well, not sure. Like a summertime edition, wasn't he? I mean, Who? I'm, Who Crawford. Crawford wasn't Crawford. he later than February? Oh, maybe. Yeah, I know Jenkins was was the February. Yeah, you're um, right about him, but I thought Crawford was even later. Yeah, I think they maybe. found. I think they found Crawford in like March or something like that. <laughs> maybe you know. So. Uh, last one here. It goes to AF Vol. Um, it's an interesting question here because Greg Sankey was on Tennessee's was there for Tennessee's support during this last row with the NCAA. The question is, how much will Greg Sankey combat the investigation situation, or do you believe he will be inclined to do so? Do you think this investigation will be a catalyst to accelerate the timeline for the NCAA's demise and develop a new governing structure? Kind of two different things there. But on Greg Sankey, Austin, or, uh, uh, Brent Hubbs, again, he's he's been with Tennessee before. What do you expect his role is going to be here? 
I will say, I mean, I don't know how much he'll get involved with this. I mean, I, I think if I'm Greg Sankey, I'm doing a lot of research and I want to know and I want to have conversations and probably has already had conversations with Dondi Plowman, who he's got a good relationship with uh, about the whole about the whole Nico deal, because I don't know that he was comfortable with the, the initial news of Nico when he came out of high school and, and the big deal and the big NIL deal. Remember, NIL was very different at that point in time. It wasn't commonplace. Tennessee was in a groundbreaking, you know, that they were Spire was doing a groundbreaking deal with Nico that nobody had seen before. And I'm not sure how comfortable anybody was with that. Um, but I do know that Dondi Plowman and Greg Sankey have a good relationship and, and continue to discuss things. She's very transparent with him and has always been, which is why he was there, um, you know, with Tennessee, you know, in, in tow with the, their appearance in front of the NCAA um, less than a year ago, AP. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, I think he's going to always protect his member institutions, provided that his member he's comfortable with how his member institution has done their business. Yeah, I think the fact that Dondi came out so strong, that tells me that Greg Sankey is, has had conversations with her, is well aware of what Tennessee has. Um, and, and, you know, I think that's I – I wouldn't expect him to do a whole lot of talking. I think you would just see him kind of just observe. I think he'll just observe and kind of be in the, in the shadows, just kind of listening, observing. Uh, I don't see him being a big talker in all this. Here's the other thing, too, and I, I know we're out of time here, but here's the other thing, too. I mean – if this moves the yard marker, if you will, for guardrails cleaning up, creating something for NIL, then I, I can't imagine that there's not going to be a lot of commissioners out there, Rob, and a lot of conferences who aren't who aren't okay with with this being placed. Not not necessarily for you know they're all standing with pitchforks going demise of the NCAA, but but they're all looking for something of some clarity legislation for some parameters for, for all of this and management of all this. I, I can't imagine a lot of them are going, yeah, we don't, we don't want change. Cause I think everybody wants some kind of NIL change moving forward. And if this creates that, then I think there's a lot of people happy with that. I mean, I, I just think they would like clarity. I mean, I, right. I'm not saying they want Tennessee to win or, or lose. I, mean, I think they want, I, I think a lot of people, in Donnie Plowman's position around the country would, you know, want there to be an established guidelines. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just wild, wild West has been used so much. I mean, I, I don't think Tennessee did anything wrong at, at all. And, and I think the NCAA really overplayed their hand. And I just, I think you've got a lot of people out there in, in, in the college football world that, that just want, to have some established ground rules. I think that's going to speed this up. I mean, speed that up big time. Last question actually goes to me. What was y'all's favorite part of the Donda Plowman letter to the NCAA president yesterday? I'll go first. My favorite part was she said, I would have discussed all this in person, but no, you declined an interview with, with me and Danny White. That was my favorite part. Rob, what was your favorite part? And that, that's like, uh, that, that's really hard. <laughs> I think I'll go. Call the NCAA a failure. That's a I, good one. I, I think I think I will go. There are so many, but if I if forced to pick, I think I'll go with. I can't remember the exact wording, but you know, eighteen months ago, you held us up as an example for you yep. know for you know, a shining light of all that's right. You know, in in college athletics, and you know now we're a cautionary tale. And, and the the word I, my favorite word was that's inconceivable inconceivable when, when she said that. that that's my, it was my favorite. Yep, she used his own words against him, Hubs. 
She did. I mean, it, listen, I mean, she's, she understands leadership. She's taught it. She knows leadership. She knows what you're supposed to do in leadership. And uh, it was, it was a fantastic letter that was, that was complete and utterly detailed. You know what I mean? It was, it almost felt like a little scene out of, uh, I'll borrow a movie. Here's, here's a movie. I won't go, oh, here we go. but it felt like a little bit of like Aaron Brockovich, right? Where, where they come in and they're like, yeah, okay, we're just going to kind of do this. And that's the end of it. And they're like, oh no, no, no. Here's all of the evidence that we have in, in this case. And that's kind of what she did is she just laid everything out on the table. And you got to imagine that, that there's some people at the NCAA went, Oh, wow. This, this is, this is different here. Like this is, this is a real line in the sand and digging their heels in type deal. I, I, I thought the, the, the depth of the letter is probably what stood out to be the most. I, I would not quote a movie. I would quote the end of, I think it's season two of Yellowstone when, uh, the guy's taking a shit and uh he doesn't want to die on the on the on the on the toilet and he says yeah. just not here just not here and he blows him away AP, but AP, you, you got to go further when he's like when casey asked him he's like you didn't expect my family to fight back <laughs> and and the guy goes nobody ever fights back and then he shoots him <laughs> hey, even better rob even better either way ncaa is dying on the shitter <laughs> What a show. God. All right. We're going to end it there. Uh, that, that's, that's a really good place to end. Big shout out to our friends over at Exterior Home Solution for allowing us to make these jokes, have some laughs, and talk Tennessee football recruiting. Uh, before we get into that, I mean, 524 a free estimate. Brent Hubs, there's never a dull moment here on Rocky Top. We got the NCAA investigation now coming. What's that notice of allegations look like when it comes in? Baseball is right around the corner. Basketball is happening right now. Junior day this weekend. Um, if you listen to the VolQuest podcast, just a teaser of everything that you can get over there at VolQuest.com. Yeah, it's a great time to check us out. There's no doubt. And uh, we're going to bring it to you in depths and layers that nobody else does. And we'll give you everything we find as we find it out and work and, and you know, dig on every answer to every question we can find and cover every bit of news we can cover, uh, whatever the case may be, from recruiting to games to uh, off the field and administrative stuff as well. You're going to find it all at VolQuest. Brent Hubs, Austin Fries, Rob Lewis, I am Eric Kane. Thanks so much for joining us here today on the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast. You've been listening to the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast every week right here on VolQuest. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.